0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May be seated. Let me ask you a question. Are you rich enough? How important are the things in your life? How important is the money in your life? Is it more important than the people in your life? Do the things in your the things in your life strive to steal the love that you owe to God and your neighbor? As Jesus was teaching in our gospel lesson, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to d- divide the inheritance with me. He was having problems. His brother was demanding. Something, and he was in a fight, because he was demanding something too. Now, where this request comes in is a strange place. Because Jesus had just been talking about the Holy Spirit. And apparently, the person complaining about his inheritance was not paying attention to the sermon. This man had no regard for what Jesus, the God-man, was actually saying. He only had regard for what was on his mind. The things in this world. and He was placing his, the, his love for things over his love for God. Over his love for his brother. Now you might be thinking, well, he definitely has a right, doesn't he? I mean, if it was supposed to be 50-50, and he's getting nothing, he definitely has a case. He's got to look out for himself, because who else will? But Jesus saw this, and he saw into the guy's heart. And he says, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. Maybe even things that are rightfully yours. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. What? In our culture, life is all about the abundance of possessions. In our country, and I'm sure the rest of the world for that matter, the dream is to have the nicest house, the nicest car, the nicest clothes, and so on. With things comes status. With things comes security, assurement. Let me tell you a funny story about status. I used to be a youth director uh, for for a church in Indiana and I was not well enough enough to have a new car. In fact, the car that I received was from my parents and it was beat up. I had driven within the time that I had it 230,000 miles, gotten in two accidents, never repaired it once. <laughs> the rust from the rust was eating up underneath the side of the car and the front end it was dented in and my dad and I fixed it so that it could hold the headlight he had me hold hold the headlight into place with string while my dad went and sprayed we like lined it up along the trees at night And then I held it in place while he put spray foam around it so it was in there. It looked like somebody literally threw up (laughs) in the right front of the car. My friends and people at the church called my car the white trash. It was a white Pontiac 6000. Now this was great for people that knew me but I would go and visit some parishioners. And the church was in a well-off neighborhood, and as I would turn the white trash into those neighborhoods, you'd get looks like this. What's this guy doing here? They would, at least I was assuming, that's what they were thinking as I drove up and down their neighborhood looking for the right house number, (laughs) slowly driving by. Well, anyway, a couple years later, I drove down those same streets with a brand new car. And nobody paid me any mind. It seemed as though the abundance of my possessions gave me a sense of belonging, a sense of security. If you watch a half hour of television and see the commercials, you will see this point proved. You need this if you are going to be secure or happy. And Jesus makes this point even clearer by telling a parable. He said, The land of a rich man, he's already rich, it produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do now? For I have nowhere to store all my many crops. He thought, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul. Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Basically, you've come into the lotto. All your problems are taken care of. And this sounds to me like the desire of every American, pastors too. We try to have money stored away in banks, retirement funds, CDs. I even have these things. We try to store away so that in the years to come, we will be able to say to ourselves, I have ample goods laid up for many years, approximately 30, (laughs) It's time to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. To us, this is normal behavior. We believe we have to look out for ourselves. We got a plan because nobody's going to do it for us. Jesus continues, But God said to that rich man, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. In our Old Testament lesson, we saw King Solomon describe the striving for earthly things. And he describes it as vanity and meaninglessness. And he was a man who spoke from experience. He was the richest king of his time. In his own words, he said, I hated all my toil in which I toiled under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who comes after me and who knows whether he's going to be wise or a fool. Yet he will be the master of all for which I toiled And used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. No matter how much we gain. We still die. We gain possessions to protect our future. But our future is still leading to the same place. St. Paul's warned the Colossians about the pursuit of earthly things. He called them to remember who they are as Christians. He writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, If you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you have died. That's a reference to, his, to baptism. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The Bible tells us that we were crucified with Christ in baptism. And just as Christ died, or just as Christ rose, we rise to newness of life. The life we lead is not our own. We are strangers here. Heaven is our home. We are here for a very short while, my friends. The older you get, the shorter it seems. Our trust is in God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. In John 6, Jesus tells us, Do not labor for food that perishes but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. Jesus himself is that food that endures to eternal life. And guess what? You can't earn him. He gives himself to you this morning in gifts of word and sacrament. In just a few short moments, you will be receiving His true body and blood in, with, and under the bread and the wine. This is good news, my friends. Our sins are not greater than Christ's sacrifice. You may worry from check to check about your bills. You may look at your student loans that you're gathering up, and you may be really scared. You may look at money, and you may be like the guy in the parable that feels like they have it all put together. It's not really a concern. No matter what your station is, fact of the matter is we are all in need of one thing. And it's a gift. It's nothing we can earn. And that gift reaches to even us who have broken the ninth commandment on a regular basis. We covet if we don't have or if we do have the temptation is to put your trust in in the having. You see the one guy who had the problem. He didn't have. And then Jesus told him a parable about someone who did have. And they were both on opposite ends of the same sin. Now just in case you are wondering. I am not suggesting for a second that you should get rid of your retirement funds. Or even your nice cars, or your homes. I'm not suggesting that you stop studying at Purdue because what's the point? <laughs> and I'm not saying that you shouldn't strive to get that good-paying job, not in the slightest. But I am suggesting that all of us check ourselves to make to see whether or not we are putting our love for things before the love of God and others. If we are, I am urging you to recognize this as destructive sin and to remember whose you are in Christ. In Christ, you have everything that you need. In Christ, you are rich enough indeed In Christ, there is nothing that you lack. In Christ, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. Whether you have millions or whether you have millions in debt, either way. (laughs) You are a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.